Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Fun show for you guys today. I had someone send me an email the other day, and he said, Tim, how can you possibly say uh, social networking is a waste of time when you yourself social network? And I said, aha, you're correct. We do use social networking, and all of you should as well, but we use it specifically to reinforce, not to replace. And what Julie and I are going to do today, and we're going to go through these points pretty quick, is we're going to give you 10 points and these that we designed this content specifically for all of you who are running teams, who are in brokerages, and also those of you who are newer in the business because a lot of you are going to be overwhelmed with the amount of misinformation that's out there about what it actually takes to be successful in real estate. And one of the recurring themes on our podcasts and our books and our coaching is that there's a huge difference between the results you'll get from being a passive lead generator and a proactive lead generator. And we're going to get really into the weeds on that on today's and probably tomorrow's podcast. Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. And I think he's right. We need to talk about this more and clarify it's not that we're anti-social networking. It's more about how to do it in an effective fashion. So looking forward to that. So a couple quick reminders. Number one is Julie and I are going to be in Hawaii starting uh, next week, right, Julie? And the event yep. is on the 13th and the 14th. But there, you guys can go to timandjulieharris.com. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. You can everywhere you can possibly imagine we are. You'll find information about the event. Uh, Elite Pacific is hosting us. It's going to be a really fantastic fun event. If you're in the if you're in Hawaii, anywhere in Hawaii, you'd be crazy not to attend. Uh, if you're thinking about or trying to rationalize having a nice trip to write off towards the end of the year, well, that works too. We, we're we looking forward to it because it's going to give us a little bit of uh, – it, it's a structured event. Obviously, it's a you know there's an agenda and whatnot, but it's Hawaii, so come on now. It's going to be probably more casual than normal, and so we get, get to have a lot of unstructured, fun uh, conversations with all of you guys. I'd love to see some um, – you know, again, especially if you're listening to us right now, and I, I know we have thousands of listeners in Hawaii. If you're listening to us in Hawaii, get your butt over to Honolulu and uh, join us. We're gonna. Uh, we're, I think the event itself is on the 13th, and there's a private invitation VIP dinner on the 14th. So absolutely, you want to attend that. Number two, um, you uh, are probably listening right now to a podcast off of our main website. Underneath the description of today's show, you're going to see a box. In that box, you're going to be asked to give your contact information in exchange. We're going to give you a bunch of free books. We have updated the books, and we're adding checklists. We're updating everything as far as the business planning information that we give you in preparation for 2019. Matter of fact, prior to today's show today, I was working on a, um, an outline for a podcast that we're going to be uh, presenting to you guys soon. The fact is is that we are absolutely unquestionably in a market shift, and a lot of you, even though we have been as clear as we possibly could be, are still not taking the right actions. And so the first action you need to take is fill out that form and download all those books in the checklist. Um, you, you definitely want to get the information specifically about the real estate treasure map. That's the first place. 
at, that all of you should be starting, whether, you know, the treasure map is the fundamental core backbone of your business. It is your real estate uh, business plan for 2019. We've made it easy for you. All you have to do is fill in the blank. And it's not a wimpy little one-pager either. This is a real business plan. Again, those of you who are running uh, larger organizations, you want to make sure everyone on your staff has completed the real estate treasure map because it gives a lot of people are uh, spend a lot of time searching for their why or you know on these little psychological sojourns that don't really end up anywhere well what we've done with this business plan is we've made it so that the why is self-evident because as you're filling out the pages of the business plan you will very quickly have absolute clarity on what you should be doing every single day where your expenses are how you're going to make profit what you know all the good stuff all the re the whole damn reason you got into business in the first place the, the the good stuff doesn't just happen by accident, I promise you. You have to plan it out, and that's what the real estate treasure map is for. And so just fill out that form, and you get two things. You get all those books and the checklist, but you also are entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. And you pick the day and the time. So do that right now while you're, most of you are listening right off our website. And, uh, yeah, get a jump on the uh, – there will be just thousands of people that will want a free coaching call in January because that's when most agents decide to, you know, come back out of their hidey holes and put away their Christmas trees. They've run out of Halloween candy. So now they have to get back to work. Dry. So the reality, <laughs> that's right. So the reality of it is, is most agents are going to want free coaching calls and free coaching calls are not going to be available in January unless you want to wait two weeks. Right now we have like maybe a, a day delay. So just, you can go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com and request your free coaching call, or you can just go directly to, like if I said, if you're on that, uh, if you're on our website and you're listening to our show right now, uh, just fill out the form, get all those free books, and then request your free coaching call. All right, so let's talk about social. Julie, do you have any other announcements or anything you'd like to yes. talk about? Uh, just a lot of new members on our website. I'm sorry, on our Facebook page for our uh, private page for our coaching clients. There is a Central Ohio contingency that has surfaced and found each other. Rosa Oroshaj, uh, sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, uh, is a brand new member. So welcome to you and a lot of welcomes to her from her fellow Midwesterners. It's good for you guys to network. Uh, and then uh, interesting story I'm following from Jane Armstrong about how Zillow is contacting one of her sellers. You know, about exactly this time last year, we were talking about the whole uh, onslaught of the iBuyer stuff, and she is in one of the markets where she actually is dealing with it. That's not a myth. Um, so we're following that story, and let's see, a lot of other. Well, but Julie, you're speaking in two big. You're big. You're speaking in big Sorry. swooping generalities. But the point is, is if you're a new, if you're a member of one of our coaching programs, what Julie is trying to suggest to you is that you do frequent that uh, members page because there's a lot of conversations that are going on that um, you will get inside information from. And uh, last year was two years ago, Julie. You and I started warning them about iBuyers, you know, the whole phenomenon mm -hmm. of open door, and now Zillow's buying houses and the rest of it. In our opinions, that is and probably will remain to be one of the potentially the largest disruptive force to the overall real estate market is the concept of uh, companies buying houses. Um, and an interesting twist on that, what they're doing, it, it, no surprise, is they're not putting them right back for sale. They actually are selling them to institutional investors. So I want you guys to think about this. There's these iBuyer companies that are buying these houses, and then they're selling these to institutional investors in, while the market is on the decline. So that means these institutional investors have no intent of putting these houses for sale. They're going to hold these things for long-term rentals. So you're going to see more and more houses that are going to become long-term rental properties 
the, thes- the investment thesis behind uh, rental properties has always been, well, you want to buy multifamilies. You want to buy all these other stuff, you know, the, the big, you know, commercial developments, single-family houses. Oh, they're too hard to manage and maintain. But the reality of it is, is single-family houses are always a great long-term investment because if you ask 10 renters what they'd rather rent a single-family house or an apartment, they're all going to say single-family homes. Um, and that is what the uh, you know big money from Wall Street's figured out. And so BlackRock and all these other companies, they're actually buying single-family houses. And I think there's three of them now have combined. They own more. I forget the number of individual homes they have. It's staggering. A lot of you guys have seen these guys buying houses. Uh, during the hot seller's market cycle, you've been seeing the, uh, the institutional investors. They were actually in the fray. They were paying retail for the houses. Well, that trend is going to continue. You need to know how to compete in a market like that. And we did write a report on that, we, and it's one of, the rep, uh, one of the things you get for free when you request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. We did a, a thorough set of podcasts on it. We told you how to compete. We told you the scripts to say. For brokers and office managers and uh, team leaders, we told you systems and strategies to put in place to compete against the iBuyers. Uh, the reality of it is, is there's going to be, and this is going back to uh, future pacing here, there are so many changes that are going to be happening in 2019 that it's going to be easy to feel overwhelmed, and frankly, it's going to be easy maybe to feel a little bit scared. Uh, and so the series of shows we're going to be doing about that are going to be designed to kind of clear the air and help you focus, and that's a great place for us to jump back into our topic for today. So let's talk about social networking. Social networking is one of these things that about 10 years ago, 12 years ago really, it became like the big thing. Ever, and there were social networking gurus that popped up. There were social ne- – everyone thought that this social networking thing was going to sort of like change the whole world. And in many ways it did, didn't it? Um, we can talk about the goods and the bads. I don't even want to waste any time talk. All I want to do is give you guys a practical, tactical guide, how to use it, how to see it for what it is. And we're going to go through these points really quick. All of you have been exposed to social networking at this point, so there's no real point in us belaboring any of these things. But this is just a quick and an efficient guide for you to use um, when you're trying to decide really where you're going to be putting your efforts in 2019. So, Julie, I'm going to do the first uh, three points, sure. okay? Yep. All right, point number one, know the difference between passive and proactive lead generation. Pacti- passive and proactive lead generation. So here's a simple thought for you. If you're not spending a majority of your time every single day putting yourself in a position where somebody could say no to you, you're not doing your job. That's the clearest and most concise way uh, for me to explain to you the difference between someone's a passive and a proactive, uh, a passive versus a proactive lead generator. 95% of our industry is never taught how to be a proactive lead generator, and they're never taught how to basically learn how to be a good salesperson. And that's what we do. We, we see you got – we are salespeople. You are a salesperson. Whether you have in your mind some baggage that's associated with the word salesperson, you need to set that aside because I know everybody does, right? I did for a long time, believe it or not. But the reality of it is, is a really good salesperson, not a bad salesperson, but a really good salesperson is a problem solver. A really good salesperson is somebody who knows how to essentially help other people accomplish their goals. That is what a salesperson really, truly does. So a passive lead generator, going back to topic, is somebody who does direct mail, someone who's all centers of influence and past clients-based. A passive lead generator is going to be, though it, you can argue the center of influence and past client thing, there's actually more proactive in that, even though the, the center of influence and uh, past client 
lead generation tribe. They don't want to actually admit that they're prospecting. It is kind of that's a different conversation altogether. But the, but the, it is interesting if you look and if you ask yourself how often are you directly in a position where somebody could say no to you, and the answer for most of you is never. That's the truth. You are never putting yourself in a position where someone could say no to you. I want you to think about that for a second. Now, where are the opportunities for you to hear no in your life, in your business, whether the ones where you're actually competing? They're the ones where you're actually trying to compete for that for sale by owner. They're the ones where you're actually trying to you know, solicit that expired listing. Those are the opportunities where you – and on the other side of those conversations, that's where you're going to have your most explosive growth in your business. And, again, this is intuitive, and I want you to think about this. Every, every single person in real estate, every single person getting in real estate, they're all going to be doing the passive lead generation. Everyone forever is always going to want to try to fool themselves that they never have to feel rejected, and so they're all going to gravitate towards the passive. Julie and I in the real estate industry, as far as I know, are the only people telling you what I'm telling you because everybody else is trying to sell you guys on the idea that you can do your business passively. What is their motivation for telling you that? Their motivation for telling you that is because if Julie and I are in front of a group of 100 people and we say, you can do all this passive stuff and you will generate business and you'll have all these other things happen for you, 99% of the people in the room are going to find that message appealing. If we say, listen, the passive stuff has its place, but it's not to replace the proactive stuff, and this is what we mean by proactive. It requires you knowing how to prospect, you knowing how to overcome objections, knowing how to actually have sales skills, knowing how to present, having a business-organized approach, you know, a business-organized approach to your, you know, your sales practice. When we say that, m- most of the people in the room, are the ones that really are serious about their business, they're going to get it. That's going to be maybe 15% of the room. But for a vast majority, most people don't ever want to put themselves in a position to hear no. Matter of fact, they cannot emotionally handle it when they hear the words no. So let's, be, let's just bottom line it here. If you're not putting yourself in a position to hear no on a regular basis, 5, 10, 15 times a day, you're not doing your job. You're not a professional. Now, the passive stuff does have its place, the centers of influence and the, you know, all these other types of things we're going to uh, touch on in a second, but they are not to replace the proactive. The proactive has to be the fundamental core of your business. Point number two, know how many proactive contacts you need to make per day. That is, I'll just direct you to the simplest way to figure that out. Just go to real estate, just go, I'm sorry, complete your real estate treasure map, your 2019 business plan, and it will walk you through exactly how many proactive contacts you need to be making per day. You can go to free coaching calls for agents.com, um, or if you're on our website now, when you fill out that form, you'll get the real estate treasure map for free. It's, again, one of the absolute must-have. You need to do this immediately for 2019. Point number three, know what a real contact is. Now, this is something else that's interesting to me that nobody else is teaching it. A real like when you're making your, your goal is to make a based on your numbers from real estate treasure map. Your goal is to make a certain number of contacts per day. Okay, those contacts per day. Again, it's not random. There's an actual formula behind this. I'm not going to get into it. Just complete your treasure map. But a, here's the way the definition of a contact is: a contact is a conversation with a decision-making adult about buying or selling real estate, where you put yourself in a position to possibly hear the word no. If you're just having a nice little 
flippant conversation with somebody, and I know we can be a little bit, we can stretch the definition of contact, right? We could say centers of influence and past clients, even if you didn't talk about real estate. I mean, if you're just getting started, maybe you can rationalize that's a contact. But the reality of it is, if you want to be a professional, a contact is a conversation with a buyer or seller, an adult, who, who does have the ability to do business with you, uh, where you did ask a question that could result in you hearing the word no. That's what a contact is. That's how disciplined and drilled down it has to be if you truly want to move forward in 2019 and understand that everything in 2019, as we've been telling you for the past, really in earnest, past 12 months, is changing, has changed. And if you don't change, if you're still trying to do things passively in your business, you're not going – I'm not going to say you won't make it, but I'm saying you absolutely will struggle needlessly and everyone else that you're supposed to be taking after your family and, and whatnot with the money you earn from selling real estate are going to struggle right along with you because you didn't adopt and didn't just employ these concepts immediately. Julie, can you do the next couple? Yes, you got it. So uh, number three, we just did what a real contact is. Number four, know the difference between a high-value contact and a contact. So let's talk about this. Yes, it's a conversation with a decision-making adult, but what happens in the conversation is also important. So I call, you know, like the just listed, just sold calls. A lot of people teach you guys to do that because you can do a high volume of contacts. It's not really a conversation that you can hear no in. It's more of a public service announcement, a house in your neighborhood sold. Okay, it's a contact, but is it really a high-value contact? Versus something like a person who has shown you they have a willingness and a need to sell, such as an expired, a for sale by owner or unrepresented seller, uh, possibly somebody probate, a short sale, things of this nature. They have their hand up. An expired has not – I love expired the best of all those because they've already shown a willingness to list. That makes them a little bit better than a for sale by owner. Um, they have already established what price isn't going to work, and the agent they thought would do the job has already failed. So that's why I put them as a high-value contact. So if you have a choice today to make, you know, sure you can make 40 just listed calls, but maybe if you made five expired calls, you're going to get that much closer more quickly to the listing. Wouldn't you agree with that, Tim, the, as far as high-value well, contacts really versus really random contacts? Well, that's a good point. That's the reason so many of you guys grab it. Look, just look. Here's the thing. Just be honest with yourself. Julie just touched on a really good point. All right, you have to make contacts today. Here are your five different choices of people you can contact. Centers of influence, past clients, you know, uh, FISBOs expired, notice defaults. We'll give you a couple more too. Listeds and solds. All of you are going to say listeds and solds. Why? Because there's no rejection. All you're doing is calling someone and telling them, you know, potential for rejection. All you're doing is calling them up and telling them about something that just got listed or just got sold. You think that's a contact? Not in our world, it's not. It shouldn't be in yours either. So, guys, in 2019, and I want you to write this down and remember this, you shouldn't decrease the goal that you set for yourself or the goals that you'll set yourself for yourself out of the real estate treasure map, but you absolutely are going to have to increase the effort. So I want you to write that down, and please don't forget it. Do not decrease the goal but you will have to increase the effort. Now, here's something else I heard yesterday. I heard this from Jordan Peterson. Julie, you were listening when, I, when uh, we heard this. Jordan Peterson said that there's a whole bunch of new, uh, relatively known, but new reinforced research on the fact that the person who puts in 10% extra effort gets 40% greater results. 
And effort can be quantified in actual amount of time, could be put in in terms of like the amount of uh, contacts. We've said this for years, but we never were able to put it in a succinct phrase like he did. We noticed that the difference between somebody who's really, truly successful consistently and who's someone who's not, it's never 100% more effort or knowledge or skill or anything. It's always, you know, 10% more effort, 10% more time. So you get 10 per, you put in 10% more effort and time in studying how to be really good at this business, in calling people and making purposeful contacts, and you get 40% return on that investment. That's insane. Why is that true? Because most people quit too soon. Everybody does, in essence. That's one of the, maz- many, the many amazing things that once you internalize that, you realize you don't have to have fancy college degrees or have been born with money or on the right side of the railroad tracks or the green side of the grass or you don't have to be beautiful or any of the other things that maybe psychologically you think you're disadvantaged by not having. You don't have to have any of those things going for you if you're willing to outwork, if you're willing to outlook, uh, outlearn, and if you're willing to outservice those folks that are needing your help which in this new market are going to be a lot of folks. The nature of the kind of customer that, that you're going to run into is there are going to be a lot more people under a lot more stress, that, and you're going to need a lot deeper skill set in order to be relevant. If you're not willing to increase your uh, skill set in who you can help in a new market like this, in a shifting market like this, you aren't relevant in a market like this. That's irrelevant meaning you don't have a place. You, you were able to maybe pick up some buyers here and there in the past. And maybe you could make ends meet. Maybe people even said you were a top producer, all those things, right? Those markets are going to – they'll still exist, but they're going to be so much tighter. If you were able to sell 20 houses last year just working primarily buyers where you bought the buyer leads, you're going to be lucky if you can do three to five in 2019 because everything's changing. I'm not just guessing, guys. We've seen this happen in our own careers three different times, and this cycle is very predictable. If you've only been in the business since 2011, you have no idea what a shifting real estate market is, let alone a full-on buyer's market. Julie, can you do the next point? Yes. Excuse me. You got it. So, number five, know what social networking truly is and is not. It is a way to reinforce relationships and research the lead with the intent of making a proactive, actual contact. Social networking by itself is not proactive. We do not consider it to be a spoke if you're following our spokes in the wheel um, coaching, okay? It's support. It's reinforcement. It helps you research the lead. It helps you reconnect and connect with people. But on its own is not an actual spoke. Point number six, do make sure all of your social networking profiles match. What does that mean? The same image of you, ideally a professionally done image, uh, same contacts, contact information. Some of you guys have switched brokerages two or three times and you still have some trailing social networking stuff that isn't even accurate. So consider using video and include a lead generation offer with your profiles like a free CMA. Uh, You know, what is your home? Find out what your home is worth in today's market type of thing. And, you know, Tim, I have to say, when we have new coaching clients and you and I research them socially online, because we do do that, we like to know who we're coaching, um, you know, some weird stuff comes up sometimes. Those shadow images where you started building a profile, but you never uploaded your image, that looks like, I don't know, are they really in business? Are they full-time? Are they part-time? Are they just too lazy to finish the page? What's the story on that? Um, I don't know if this is a good place to also talk about personal versus business, but go ahead. 
Well, what, 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 let's kind of start around the bend on this last point, and then we'll pick up the last four points tomorrow. But here, here's what Julie's saying, and this is something, again, you, social, if you're, you need to have basically, really only need to have three profiles, maybe four. You need to have a profile on LinkedIn. You need to have a profile on Facebook, um, probably Twitter, and probably Instagram. Most people nowadays, younger people aren't even using Facebook anymore. Um, most of them are just using Instagram. So when I say profile, again, I know many of you know what this is already, so I'll just be really quick and maybe give you a couple little hacks if you're not knowing this already. It's really important that you have all your profiles be identical. And I'm, by identical, I mean uh, the same image, same description, same phone number, same URL, same everything. Don't change anything from one to the next. Now, if you do not, if you want to have separation of business and personal, which frankly I don't even know if you can anymore, but then you're going to need to probably make your private page locked so only members you approve can access it. Uh, what happens nowadays is that, as you guys know, is that everyone likes to do a little googling on somebody before, like you know, if you're going to go on a listing appointment and work with a buyer, the first thing you should do is do is check them out, see if you're connected with them anyway. Here's another thing, and my very very upper end uh, real estate agent coaching clients, when they see an expired for like 10 or $15 million and they know who the seller is, I always tell them, first thing you do is go to LinkedIn, go to Facebook, see if you have any social connections and see if you can use those social connections to get in the door in addition to the phone call or maybe even knocking on the door. Don't just basically use social just to update your you know, latest lunch picture or a picture of a dancing cat or something silly. Use it for what it's intended for. But the social networking is only going to reinforce what the overall message is, which is going to happen, be, have to happen from proactive lead generation. Social networking by itself is not going to be a very effective ever lead generator for you. And the same is actually interesting. It, Facebook ads, have that, they've turned that direction too. A lot of the advertising on social is proving not to be very effective. So you have to see it for what it is. It's a great place for you to go. And, you know, be very reinforcing of how you want people to perceive you. Um, Julie and I put up pictures of our family. We put up pictures of our little ranch. We put up pictures of just different things. And because we want folks to, you know, see, hey, we're just not these stern real estate coaches. We actually have a human side to us. And, hey, what the hell are those things? It's just some, you know, our little mini cows and things like that. Those are the types of things you guys can do. We don't sell real estate. If we did, I'll tell you the other pictures we'd be putting up is lots of pictures from around town in the community, doing things to show people that you are actively involved in the community. The schools that your kids may go to or the, you know, the bingo parlor where you play bingo every Wednesday night, it doesn't matter. Do things that will constantly be letting people know what you're all about. Now, do remember, if you know a majority of your market is a certain age group, you want to maybe put more emphasis on the uh, social networking platform that, uh, that appeals to them more. Um, but the profiles thing, that's, the, that's really important. Make sure everything's the same. Emails, phone numbers, uh, website. And so some of you guys are going to ask about Facebook business pages versus just the social, you know, in your normal Facebook page. Um, we tell people this all the time. We've been saying this for years. Agent websites, and this is kind of meandering off topic, but still it's important to remind all of you guys about this. Agent websites are pretty much in a waste of money. The jury is out. It's been tried many, many times. And it's come back every single time as having an agent website is a waste of money. So why do agents do it? They do it mostly because they think they're supposed to have some sort of online brochure and they rationalize it that way. And I'm not necessarily going to argue with you on that point, but I will suggest 
that in 2019, one of the rules that we're going to share with you on an upcoming podcast is you're going to have to make sure every expense performs. In other words, every single thing you're spending money on, you have to have a direct, undeniable correlation between the expense and the profit you're making from that expense. Many of you in a boom market where things sell itself, you can rationalize that, well, hell, I've got enough money coming in, even though I can't necessarily quantify whether my website's making me any profit or not. I'll just continue to throw thousands of dollars at it per year. Guys, there are literally billions of dollars that are made every year off that type of rationalization that agents make with regards to being complacent with their profit from their real estate practices. And that's the reason most agents never retire from real estate, or if they do retire, they retire broke. So don't be like that, right? When you're coming through, when you're, when you're thinking about um, on your own agent website, I want you to consider just having a, business face, a Facebook business page. That's it. Um, you know, that's all you really need. And as far as all these other fancy websites, if you feel uh, that you need to have one because your ego tells you that you need to have one, go ahead and create one. But do yourself a favor and spend the least amount of time and money on it as possible. Don't put a bunch of IDEX plugins. Don't put a bunch of other stuff. Because, um, again, there was a NARS study that came out recently that basically said most agents get no money or no business from their websites. And here's the one caveat to all this. Unless they're willing to spend literally tens of thousands of dollars per month on a pay-per-click. So unless you're willing to spend shit tons of money advertising your website, which most of you aren't, then don't bother having a really fancy website. It's a waste of money. So I've just saved you guys a whole bunch of money on this podcast, didn't I? <laughs> um, so do consider uh, when you're just rounding about going back to the social thing, do consider setting up profiles on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, what was the other one? I know I'm forgetting one all of a sudden. Uh, you guys will remind me in an email, I'm sure. So that's the point. That's your homework. And we're going to pick up where our last few points are tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to talk about specific things that you shouldn't be posting and should be posting. Um, I will suggest to you that, uh, for example, a lot of you guys have, and I see your posts, have gotten very politically involved. You guys are doing a lot of virtue signaling, and that virtue signaling is on the left and it's on the right. Um, I, don't, I know everyone else is going to tell you guys not to be religious or not to be political. I don't think that you cannot be anymore, and we're going to talk about that uh, on tomorrow's show. So I know, that, again, that's going to be a little counterintuitive. We're going to be talking a little bit about how you can actually be political or you know, be a proponent of your specific spiritual views, which I, I, and even talk about money. Those are the three topics everyone tells you not to talk about. But like I said, I think times have marched on, expectations are different, and I think people expect you to have an opinion, and they make a decision as to whether or not they're going to do business with you based on whether your opinion aligns with them. And if they go to your social pages and they realize – that you're just trying to be, you know, Switzerland and not have an opinion, they'll actually choose somebody who they feel they have more of a, an alignment with. And that's another trend that completely flies in the face of most um, wisdom when it comes to social networking. But we're going to share that information with you tomorrow. All right, guys? So thanks for bearing with me as I'm getting over my never-ending cold. If you guys need me for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, 
Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.